1: Welcome to the RotoWire DFS football podcast. We are now at week eight. I am Scott Jenstead joined tonight by Vlad Sedler. Uh, if you could please rate or review the podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. Those ratings do mean a lot to the podcast. We would greatly appreciate that if you could take care of that uh, for us. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, also uh, good news this week: we will not only be on the DFS feed on RotoWire, we'll actually be on the RotoWire Fantasy Football podcast too. So uh, either one of those, if you uh, subscribe to those or download those, well, you'll uh, you'll get both of us on there. So I uh, look forward to uh, being on both feeds. Hopefully. Uh, Reaching some new listeners, too, uh, so that should be a good time, also. Vladdy, uh, how are you tonight?
2: Uh, I'm good, Scott. It, it, the night could have been better. Uh, attended the World Series game on, on uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, a buddy of mine called me up a few hours before the game. Obviously, it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. I've uh, been waiting for this for almost 30 years. And, uh, you know, amazing game. Um, you know, Houston, we're going to take it to uh, Houston tied 1 to 1. Um, but I think over the next couple of days, it's time to, to concentrate on, on, on the, uh, the week eight slate.
1: Yeah. You're, you're dodging the world series that uh, takes a little bit of focus away, but uh, great game. It's too bad. They, uh, too bad they lost. But, uh, looking back at week seven, uh, Kind of a weird week for me. I had some really good hits on some players, but then the guys I was wrong on ended up with like zeros, literal zeros. I had Eric Decker in a bunch of places. He was terrible. I had CJ Anderson in a couple of places. He was bad. So, uh, you know, I feel like uh, I'm not, uh, when, I, when I'm not hitting, I'm not missing by much, but the guys I'm missing on are really, really sticking it to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, overall, I had a pretty solid week eight. Uh, I'm did. sorry, week seven. Yeah. Uh, and it really was just, you know, Decker and Demarius Thomas sort of dragging me down. And, and I know that we talked about it. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't fully on board with the Decker play. I almost feel like it was a little defensive on my end just because he was so cheap. He was he was coming off as really his only good game. Uh, you know, D- Delaney Walker ended up being healthy and a big part of that offense. And uh, they just had so many pieces there. Uh, of course, you couldn't project for him to end up with a zero on just two targets. But that's sort of the way it went. Uh, you know, obviously Demarius hurt as well, especially on the, the long 70-yard uh, play that was uh, uh, held back. Uh, but the good good part about it was uh, really loading up on some of the offensive players on the teams that I liked, uh, including Buffalo not minding to uh, to pair Tyrod Taylor with his running back, uh, LaShawn McCoy. I know a lot of times in the past uh, – sometimes that's considered not a not to be a very strong correlation but when you have running back that catches passes like you have McCoy and especially with Zeke Elliott with Prescott last week on that 71 yarder I believe uh, that he took to the house um, really has been working out so uh, really sort of just depends on the situation uh, who the corresponding running backs are but I'm definitely not afraid to to go in that direction sometimes
1: yeah and we had some really good hits we both we we really liked Ezekiel Elliott we like Dak Prescott we really like Dez and Julio and it looked a little sketchy for a while, but they both ended up scoring. So you know, Julio had some more yards, but uh, they both did get end up getting touchdowns later in the game. So there was a lot of good. I just uh, I just feel like the bad is really is really sticking it to me when I when I get something bad. And also the defenses, there's some defenses going off and kind of deciding tournaments. I mean, last week the Bears with two touchdowns against the Panthers, and it's weird. It's been it's been defenses are super low percentage that are really vaulting, uh, especially the multi entry guys. You know, guys that cycle a lot of defenses in. Um, those big defense. When a defense scores thirty points, just amazing how much difference that makes.
2: And you'll see all of those teams at the top of the leaderboards, and it's really hard to compete like that if you've only got a couple of teams. And uh, you know, but it really goes to 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 show that uh, you know we, we absolutely cannot be lazy and cannot ignore. Uh, you know, really looking through all of the potential options. Um, obviously, we can't predict where defensive touch, touchdowns are going to come from. You know, Eddie Goldman running back two, which is. Pretty, uh, was pretty impressive last week, but uh, you know, it worked out for me with the with the Chargers. Honestly, I I, I liked the play. Uh, I was a little uh, scared going to it, um, but I honestly felt like it was a little lucky. But um, you know, we could sort sort of start to see certain de- defenses emerging, and not just be sees. I think New Orleans is is an example and um you know really following those uh th- those cornerbacks marshawn Lattimore and and ken crawley are really helping piece things together and making new orleans a uh, sort of tough tough to play against for opposing offenses
1: you must be a, you must be fired up that oj got of jail with your eddie goldman call because his name's eddie jackson
2: oh did i say eddie <laughs> goldman oh sorry okay he's he's you're, he, you're so okay. you're so l.a yeah, that's right. it's cause I grew up with an Eddie Goldman, so there you go.
1: Um, so looking forward to uh, looking forward to week eight. um, kind of an interesting slate. you know, we've got uh, we have less teams than usual. We have six teams that are on by, the Cardinals, Packers, Jags. Rams, Giants, and Titans are all on bye this week, and then we have a Thursday game as we always do. In a Monday game, are on the main slate: the Dolphins, Ravens, bad game, and Broncos, Chiefs, good game. But we also have a London game that's not in the slate because it starts early in the morning. It's the Vikings and Browns. So we're really down to only ten games on the main slate, which um, you know really makes you kind of dig in. You've got to you've got to nail some plays with the lower games. There will be some higher percentages than normal with not as many plays to spread it out. So um, you really have to you really have to nail the the guys who go off, and it's a, it makes for an interesting
2: slate. Absolutely does. And, you know, already overlooking the slate, there are a couple of games where there just aren't going to be a lot of targets that I'm interested in. Uh, Seattle and Houston is is one of those examples. Uh, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, perhaps Chicago side of the ball that I want to uh, avoid altogether with their offense. Uh, and so you'll see a lot of these guys, like you just mentioned, um, a lot higher percentage. Uh, but, you know, all, all the, a lot of the big boys are, are all still on the st- slate. You've got Le- uh, Le'Veon Bell playing in the Sunday game. Um, you know, Zeke obviously is not suspended yet. Um, you know, as as that uh, continues to unfold, and uh, a, a lot of the main guys are are in are in this one.
1: Cool. Well, let's uh, let's jump into it. You mentioned that uh, that Bears Saints game. It's uh, the first 10 a.m. game that we'll talk about. Uh, the Bears going to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome to face the Saints. Uh, you mentioned uh, the Bears side. Not a lot I'm interested in. Jordan Howard's probably the only guy that uh, I'm really uh, I'm really interested in all. And even him, you know, last week he was 21 for 65 against the Panthers. But uh, the thing about him, he's only 6,900, so he's still low price, and he's clearly the guy. Um, Tariq Cohen only played seven snaps last week. Um, Jordan Howard played 34, so clearly he's the guy. Um, I just wonder if Carolina's going to sell out against the run, kind of like they did last week um, with uh, with playing against, or uh, Mitch Trubisky was last week, and they sold out against the run. I just wonder if the Saints will do the same thing.
2: You know, honestly, uh, Howard is, somebody is probably the only guy on the bare side of the ball that I would consider, but... Probably not for me this week. Uh, he did see 36 carries two weeks ago and had a 90 percent snap rate last week. Uh, you know, but the Saints they, they they do have a 29th ranked DVOA rush defense. It's really not that solid, and they're allowing the second most yards per carry against at nearly five yards per carry. Um, I really don't see how the Saints don't get off to a big lead in this one. Um, not necessarily expecting for uh, to see Howard get 20 plus carries. Uh, you know, so for me, honestly, um, you know, it, it's really a reason why. Probably I like New Orleans' defense, to be honest, uh, especially since they'll likely be forcing Trubisky into making a lot of mistakes when they're in catch-up mode.
1: Yeah, you know, the run D, like you said, has struggled a little bit, but they haven't had a lot of big games against them. Dalvin Cook went off early, and uh, Aaron yeah. Jones was big last week with 17 carries for 131 yards. So they're kind of leaking, leaking a little bit, but I'm the same way with you. The thing that worries me about Howard is I think if you play him, you need volume in order for him to work out. And as a nine-point underdog, I just don't know if uh, the game script's going to work out in his in his favor
2: honestly i i could see the bears maybe putting up three points i mean when you've got uh you know tanner gentry and, and Trey mcbride the third on the you know uh, over there on the perimeter i just don't see how they make things happen zach miller i don't think has a game over 40 maybe 50 yards this year honestly they should you know line up uh, uh tariq cohen as a receiver uh, more often you know he, he's somebody that honestly was was not used as much as he should have been last week i think he's, he's one of their most talented guys and needs to be used but I digress. I think we've already talked too much about the Bears today.
1: So, what about the Saints? You know, we we always uh, we always perk up a little bit when the Saints are at home. Drew Brees at home over the years has been historically a really good play. Uh, the over under this game is forty eight, so they're expecting a lot of points. You know, that's what happens when the Saints are at home. Uh, you know, we see a lot of uh, high scoring games in the Superdome. Um, the pair's he has been pretty good though. One hundred ninety six yards per game, only six point three ypa against uh they smoked cam newton last week we talked about the two uh, interception or an interception a fumble for a touchdown but he only had 211 yards on 34 attempts and that was with a pretty good game script for cam too uh they were down in that game they were thrown a lot in the second half uh there's only uh you know the, matt ryan had 321 yards against them week one kind of the only guy that's gone off aaron Rodgers is the only guy to have multiple touchdowns against them uh the bears past he's been surprisingly effective
2: yeah, and the other thing is, uh, you know, Drew Brees and the Saints' offense in general—they're a little bit down in pace this year. Uh, they're really relying heavily on their run- their running back combo of Ingram and Kamara. Uh, and although it's a, obviously Breeze has only played two of his six games at home, he and I don't even know if this really matters, but he's averaging slightly more fantasy points on the road. I know usually uh, you know, in, in previous seasons there's a really big uh, split difference there with him performing much better at home. But for me, um, I don't even know if I would use Breeze for cash in this game um, simply because I think the upside is somewhat limited because of the possibility of a blowout. Um, And then with Michael Thomas, I mean, he did bounce back with a seven for 82 line on 11 targets last week and usually a fairly solid cash game play. Always a nice pairing with Breeze. uh, But, you know, it's you know, like you mentioned, this Bears defense, they've they've only allowed one wide receiver to top 100 yards this year. And that was Antonio Brown back in week three.
1: Yeah, they also haven't given up a touchdown to a wide receiver since week four. So they've been uh, they've been balling pretty well. But you mentioned the, the running backs on the Saints and, you know, obviously Mark Ingram, has made a, a big step up now that Adrian Peters is not in town. He has 47 carries combined in the last two weeks, over 100 yards in each week. The only thing that gives, gives me a little bit of trepidation on Ingram is that how much he splits snaps with uh, Alvin Kamara. He had 42 snaps to 37 for Kamara last week. And Kamara looks good. He passes the eye test. Still worries me how much they split time, even though Ingram's really been getting the ball a lot the last couple of weeks.
2: Exactly, and it's not like we're talking week six here, where Ingram was uh, was six thousand. I mean, the price is definitely soaring a little bit. He's up to seventy two hundred. I mean, if he was, if there was no Kamara on this team, I mean, Ingram would be a nine thousand dollar receiver on Fanduel by this point. But uh, you know, still solid in the games, uh, producing now, like you mentioned, back to back hundred plus. yard games 20 plus carries in both despite Kamara still getting his piece and to me the most important part is he's also uh is involved in the passing game so he's seen at least five targets in five of six games this year and to me honestly I think game scripts should really flow in in their favor and uh you know Ingram is one of my top receivers uh, my top running backs this week
1: what about uh, what about Kamara you know if the game gets a little bit out of hand they get a big lead Kamara could get a lot of work in the second half um, he ha- he himself has 21 targets the last three weeks too. I mean, he's heavily involved in the passing game. He has uh, nine catches, a uh, 19 catches the last three weeks, nine in the last two weeks. He had that 10 catch week. Um, what do you do with Kamara? Is he someone that uh, you're interested in at 6400?
2: Yeah, I mean, over the last four weeks, Kamara has produced at least a double, you know, low, at least uh, 10 fantasy Fanduel points per game. Um, you know, he's just not seeing as as much with the with the rush attempts. Only right. has one game with uh, with with 10 or so. Um, but yeah, the targets are nice, but for me really, he's more of a PPR play. I think that he's a little too priced up. Um, I don't necessarily see um, large, you know, big play potential. And, and what it really comes down to me is this week, there are a lot of running backs that I'm more interested in that are really dirt cheap and close to minimum salary um, that I would most more likely go in that direction.
1: Nice. I look forward to hearing about those. Um, so the yeah. saints, the saints, D's 4,800 kind of the formula we like home game favorite uh, facing a rookie quarterback They have nine sacks, and they had nine sacks in the prior two weeks, and only had one last week. But the Panthers had four sacks against Trubisky last week, even though he dropped back so few times. He only had four completions. They still had four sacks. I just wonder what what happens if Trubisky has to come from behind in that building that's really loud. I just I see a couple mistakes for Trubisky. The Saints at forty eight hundred are definitely an interesting play to me.
2: Absolutely, uh, you know, a top two, top three play. Right. Uh, I think they'll you'll, you'll probably see some people split there with the Bengals, um, you know, at home against Indianapolis. Uh, so they're they're both at the same price this week. So I think we'll see it a little split, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the projections uh, and the ownership plays out this week.
1: Moving on to a team that's been frustrating, we have the Falcons uh, headed to the Jets. Falcons are fared by five over under forty six and a half. Um, you know, I think everybody in the in the DFS world, everybody in the fantasy football world, expected a big shootout in Atlanta uh, or the, in New England with the Atlanta New England Sunday night game. Didn't happen. Um, you look at Matt Ryan. You know, I think he's getting hurt by shaky play calling. There's no doubt that Steve Sarkeesian is uh, you know messing up that offense a little bit. But I thought Ryan also didn't play well. He missed a bunch of passes. He misses missed Mohamed Sanu three or four times. He was the first quarterback to go under 300 yards against New England. Um, so what do you do with Ryan this week? He's 8100. Go into the Jets. Uh, someone that you're interested in or no?
2: It, probably for me, more of a GPP play. I mean, I'm seeing the same thing you are with Matt Ryan. I don't think it's all Sarkeesian's fault. Um, you know, we expect a little, bit regre- a little bit of regression, but this is just sort of on another level. That offense really has just been incredibly stagnant. Um, you know, for me, at least, uh, I, I liked that we saw them make a concerted effort to target Julio Jones in the red zone last week. Uh, He did see four targets there in the red zone against the Patriots after seeing just one red zone look uh, up until that point uh, in the season. So um, I do like Julio in this one. Uh, Not my top receiver, but, you know, the Jets are probably going to lock Morris Claiborne on Julio. Uh, He's a good defender, not someone I'm particularly, you know, really worried about. Um, and then, you know, it's also worth noting the Jets are tied for the most receiving touchdowns allowed with 15. So, uh, you know, Julio's definitely in consideration there. And I think you could potentially use him for cash because I think he will uh, will be targeted. And I don't necessarily think Atlanta is going to run away with this game and destroy the, the Jets on the road.
1: Yeah, it sure felt from watching that game that the Falcons were gonna do everything they could to get Julio a touchdown in the second half. There, they were they were really forcing uh-huh. the ball to him. He had the 13 targets. The guy who intrigues me here is actually Devontae Freeman. Uh, he had only he only has 21 carries total the last two weeks. He's kind of cooled after a hot start where he scored the first three or four weeks. He ran really well last week. He had 72 yards in his 12 uh, 12 carries. Looked good, but you know they got behind. They were down, whatever it was, twenty nothing at halftime of the Patriots. I wonder if maybe that uh, they they sit down this weekend and try and establish Devontae Freeman again this week.
2: I mean, sure, that would be nice. Uh, Like you mentioned, two mediocre outings in a row after getting into the end zone in, in four straight games. Uh, of course, one of those games was, uh, you know, last week against the Patriots and they were down early and the other one was against the Dolphins run D, uh, these last two mediocre outings. And so um, I do like the spot here against the Jets. I think they're a little bit overrated for their uh, 22nd ranked run defense. Uh, I just don't know if I love them in, com- in comparison to others in the pi- price range. Um for the most part for me it's simply because Sarkeesian just isn't deploying him as a pass catcher like Shanahan and Shanahan did last year. Like you you know, you're just getting those, you know, the, those massive opportunities for you know for big runs that he and Coleman had last year, and you're just not seeing a lot of that. Um hopefully they can get back on track this week.
1: Yeah, it just seemed odd to me that Miami game, they were up seventeen nothing early, and he ends up with forty-two snaps and only nine carries, and he had sixty eight yards on those nine carries. So I mean he's been really good. Um, I just think uh, – I think they're going to go back and look at some tape and start to give Freeman the ball. Uh, he's someone that I'm, I'm kind of hoping everybody feels the same way you do. At 8,000, has been quiet. I wonder if he's going to go pretty low percentage owned this week.
2: Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, the other guy I just want to mention uh, before we jump over to the Jets is uh, I kind of like Mohamed Sanu in this game. Um, like you mentioned, Ryan mentioned, missed him a couple of times. But um, when he's in the game, um, he's you know obviously somebody we, we prefer on full PPR sites. But a matchup with Buster Scrine. Screen, Screen. <laughs> I forget. It's yeah, it's late <laughs> here in LA. Uh, he's regressed. Uh, he's really regressed from his 20, 2016, You know, back to that twenty sixteen form that uh, where was continuously burned last year. Over the last couple games, um, just hasn't been the same uh, guy that he was in the first few games, and uh, w- w- was pretty much shredded by Jarvis Landry and so um, you know I'm not expecting like a massive Jarvis Landry type game for Muhammad Sanu but I think that he can potentially get into the end zone and provide some value at a really cheap price.
1: Yeah he had a really quiet 10 targets last week which uh, I like to see and you know last week you look at the Jets past D you know Kenny Stills 6 for 85 two touchdowns Jarvis Landry 7 for 93 and a touchdown Brandon Cooks had 93 yards a week before Uh, they are certainly susceptible to big games for wide receivers. I I like Julio and I like Sanu there. Uh, I don't you, just, you have to wonder about the Falcons on the road scoring too many points. Uh, Got to pick and choose the mm-hmm. guys you want, but uh, definitely a lot of plays. Uh, you know, probably not Ryan for me, but among Freeman, Julio, and Sanu, I'm uh, definitely gonna have some Falcons exposure this week.
2: Yeah, and then on the Jets side of the ball, like I don't know if I can necessarily invest in any in, in any of these running backs. Uh, you know, I do like Bilal Powell uh, as a runner, uh, more so probably for tournaments. I think if anything on the Jets side, uh, I probably would be interested in, in running with uh with some gpp combos with mccown and and curse um i do think mccown does have some upside in this matchup uh especially if the falcons get off to a lead he's thrown five touchdown passes to just two interceptions in his last two games he even has a couple of rushing scores this season. Um, the guy I'm probably more likely to pair him with would be Jermaine Kurse, who I just feel is uh, a lot more solid, at, you know, specifically for cash games. And also, he's probably the guy that's going to get a little bit more of the Robert Alford coverage as opposed to Robbie Anderson, who is, uh, you know, g- going to be a little bit more on the side uh, 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 on the side where Desmond Trufant usually hangs out. And Trufant, once again, sort of dug into his uh, pro football focus numbers. And, you know, he's, he's sort of a beast like he always has been.
1: Yeah, I, I like the, how much they're using Robbie Robbie Anderson though. Twenty-eight targets the last four weeks, minimum of five per game. You that twelve-target gaming at the Patriots. Uh, he scored last week. He also acted like an idiot with that helmet toss. So uh, I don't know if they will uh, they will sit him for any snaps for that uh, that moron play. But you know, Atlanta gave up uh, a bunch of yards last week to uh, to Hogan and Cooks and a touchdown. They gave up a touchdown to Landry and Stills the week before that. So um, I tend to lean maybe towards Robbie Anderson a little more just because he's fifty-eight hundred. But uh, you never know between him and Curse. Uh, I think in a GPP, uh, one of those guys, especially if they get down to the Falcons, could be interesting.
2: What about uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins for you? Any interest? Uh, I mean, obviously, I know you hate the guy, but he's now seen (laughs) 16 targets over his last two games a touchdown in three consecutive games. Um, the one thing I'll mention, the Falcons are one of the better teams at covering, uh, tight ends. Just one of only four teams that have yet to allow, uh, a tight end to score. So, uh, is ASJ getting into the end zone again?
1: It's so tough. I mean, tw- like you said, the targets, 24 targets the last three weeks, a touchdown three weeks in a row. He's just, they're throwing the ball at him a lot. He's just so not explosive. He has to score to be any kind of a good play. But, you know, I said that last week and he scored again, so he worked, but, He's still you know, still getting 29 yards, 46 yards, 21 yards. There's just so little upside to him. you know. If, if 40 yards and a touchdown is the upside, I think I'm going to have to pass, especially, yeah, especially at his just, new price. He's now at the 6,300.
2: Yeah, he's the fourth most expensive tight end, and he's sandwiched there in between uh, Jimmy Graham and Jordan Reed. Just something about that just doesn't sit right for me.
1: So uh, moving on to the next game, I actually like this game to be kind of a sneaky high-scoring game. I think the over-under 44.5 is too low. I like the over, and that's uh, Carolina at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's minus two and a half with an over under of forty four and a half. Starting on the Carolina side, um, you know Cam Newton. Everybody's upset with him. He laid an egg last week. Uh, really bad game. No touchdowns. Did have fifty yards rushing, but two interceptions. Um, had the had the pitch that turned into a fumble that was pretty ugly too. So he had those two great games when we thought he was done. Then he has back to back rough weeks, but. Anytime you go against Tampa Bay defense, a great matchup. They're allowing almost 300 yards per game, over eight uh, 8.0 YPA allowed per game. Their defense is ranked 32nd in pass defense DVOA. They've been up 265 plus yards in every game. 11 pa- 11 passing touchdowns. I kind of like Cam Newton to bounce back this week. Uh, am I going to regret saying that out loud?
2: I don't know. It's the. I mean, it's the. that it's that matchup. It's like, I I forget the phrase, uh, you you know what I mean? Rocking a hard place or something against the wall. It's like, you know, this quarterback who is just, you know, been absolutely horrendous going up against the worst pass defense that there is. And so, um, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, he, he's limited in, in practice on Wednesday. Obviously it's just the same, you know, the stuff that he's been dealing with, but, uh, you know, 10 interceptions through seven games, um, just sort of not the same guy. I've done a good job at uh, of, of having the discipline to avoid Cam Newton uh, in DFS for the most part this week. Uh, I think I did catch him on his one good game. Uh, but I do think I'm willing to explore the possibility this Sunday. Uh, I think I could be could be teased into it. Um, but I do think it should be a close one. Um, and, and, you know, only the Colts and the Patriots are up there in terms of how bad secondaries are and those that have been shredded. Um And the other thing is, and you know me, you know, I love my uh, uh, really digging into these wide receiver cornerback matchups, uh, you know, Funchess and Benjamin against Brent Grimes and Vernon Hargraves. It's like six, five, dude, six, four, dude against two, five, ten dudes. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I kind of like this. I kind of like the way that this could, could turn out.
1: Yeah, I think there's other quarterbacks I like more than Cam, but I will be going with some of the receivers this week on the Panthers. Uh, you mentioned Kelvin Benjamin; he's only sixty six hundred. Uh, he only has one touchdown the last four weeks, so he's averaging about eighty yards per game. So quietly been really good, but it's kind of been quiet because he hasn't scored the touchdowns. He's well priced this week: twenty five targets the last three weeks, at least six in each game. I mean, Tampa Bay gave up four to one for one hundred seven to Deontay Thompson last week of all people, uh, the Bills' uh, yeah. wide receiver. Um, <laughs> they give two hundred yards to. Uh, Fitz and John Brown combined the week before that two touchdowns I think Benjamin and Funchess Funchess is 6,500 I like Benjamin more they're the same price Uh, Funchess not quite as explosive but he's a good floor guy I think I like Funchess more in cash games Benjamin more in GPPs but uh, definitely going to have some Panthers wide receivers this week
2: yeah and I understand that uh you know these receivers they don't aren't there aren't, aren't aren't always just sticking to their one side and they do see coverage uh from you know from from opposite corners uh but honestly I I prefer Kelvin Benjamin simply because I think he's going to uh, uh run a lot of routes against uh against Vernon Hargreaves and Hargreaves is bad man I mean he's he's ranked among the five worst corners in yards per route covered um and and Brent Grimes really is is faster he's far superior Um, I think he's going to see a lot more of Funchess and just simply for that reason, as elementary as it may sound, uh, Kelvin Benjamin for me if I had to choose.
1: So we have uh, we have Christian McCaffrey at 6300 and he's uh, he's taking a little bit of heat in the real football world because he has not done a lot in terms of running the ball. But we're, we're talking FanDuel, we're talking fantasy football. Um, he has 30 targets last three weeks at running back. I mean, that has to be worth something. He has two touchdowns in the last three weeks. He had 10 catches two weeks ago, seven last week. Um, in a PPR, in a PPR league or even half PPR, um, McCaffrey just racks up the points, even though he has not been super effective.
2: Yeah, I mean, speaking to ineffectiveness, uh, he only has 45 attempts running, rushing attempts on the year, and he's averaging a measly 2.5 yards per carry. Uh, but as you mentioned, he's doing his damage in the PPR game. He is on pace for over a hundred receptions at this point. So, wow. uh, and, it's really kind of funny because cam, you know, everyone going into the season, Oh, it's not going to work with McCaffrey. It's, you know, he loves to just, you know, you know, check the deep ball. And, um, I mean, McCaffrey is bailing him out a lot. I mean, you know, cam's looking for him and, and McCaffrey's there and just kind of does his thing. um, you know, it, it just you know doesn't have a lot of touchdowns, just, you know, two total on the year. Uh, one of them was just like a, you know, a quick one yarder a, quick, a couple of weeks ago. So hasn't really put up that massive game yet. Um, we're going to see it at some point, And it absolutely could be this week. Um, I would still probably um, just based on price and some of the other options here. If I'm if I'm getting somebody from this offense, it's probably going to be Benjamin.
1: Yeah. And on the Tampa Bay side, uh, I really like kind of like Jameis Winston this week, too. Um he had a really nice week last week against the Bills on the road. Kind of a tough matchup. 384 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he kind of quietly has over 300 yards last four games. I'm not counting the one he got injured. The four games we played, full games, he's over 300 yards. All those Luke Keekley might not play again for the Panthers. It just feels like Jameis has a bunch of weapons. I mean, he has D-Jacks, as you like to say, and Mike Evans. Yep. He now has Cam Bright and O.J. Howard. Doug Martin's back. I think he could be kind of a sneaky option, I think what when, when I think might be a, a higher-scoring game than people are thinking.
2: Yeah, and uh, I do see this one being a little up in pace. Um, You know, obviously, Carolina has a very strong uh, uh, defense in general, um, you know, top 15 in both against both the run and the pass. Uh, So, you know, I think Winston's definitely in the conversation, probably not in the top five for me, but I could see it. Uh, But as for Mike Evans, I think he's always in the conversation for cash games. Um, Obviously, he's not the only show in town like he uh, essentially was last year. Um, and he did well against the Panthers last season. I don't know. Obviously, we don't want to look too much into, uh, into past seasons games. But obviously, um, you know, same thing that we saw when we discussed Antonio Brown last week, who had four consecutive games uh, without 100 yards against Cincy and once again doesn't hit that 100-yard mark. Um, Mike Evans saw a combined 20 targets and nearly 75 yards in those two games against Carolina last year, scored a touchdown in both of them. Uh, both of those games, um, I think he's interesting. Makes for a sneaky pairing there with Winston.
1: Yeah, I think Evans is one of my favorite receivers this week. I, I feel like sometimes he gets lost a little bit with Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, and Julio kind of in the same price range. And those guys, you lose, you have a little more ownership than Evans does. Um, he's just a target monster. 37 targets last four weeks. He has a minimum of eight targets in each game. 88, 95 yards last two weeks, two touchdowns. I think a, I think a Jameis Evans stack would be is going to be lower percentage than some of the other popular ones and might be really sneaky this week. Uh, I definitely have a team with that, with that combo going.
2: Yeah. And as far as uh, anyone else in that game, I mean, you know, you could possibly upgrade Doug Martin a little bit. If, if, if Luke Kuechly doesn't play, doesn't clear his concussion protocol, but you know, once again, Panthers are a top five, uh, run, uh, run stopping unit. And, uh, I just think there's other ways to, uh, to, to, get a piece of the action in this game.
1: Yeah. I like Cameron Bray too. 5,800. I like that. OJ Howard got a love last week with the two big catches, but Cam Breit was still six for 60 with nine targets. He has 26 targets last three weeks. He has four touchdowns last five weeks. If Luke Keighley doesn't play, that really opens up the middle of the field for Brate to kind of roam around there and catch balls. Uh, Brate uh, is one of my, not my favorite tight end, but definitely my top three tight ends this week.
2: I'm always on board with Cameron Bright. Uh, like we mentioned, oh, no tight end has more touchdowns since the beginning of last season. Uh, for depending on how you construct, it might be a little difficult to get Rob Gronkowski in. You're going to see a lot of love for uh, you know cash game beast Zach Ertz, um, likely even higher than Gronkowski this week in terms of ownership percentage. But Cam Cam Bright provides you with a nice little discount at 5,800. Uh, when you're looking in that range of all these options, like even though Jordan Reed scored, scored two touchdowns shows last week I mean are you really going to consider guys like Croft and Jared Cook uh, you know over a guy like Bright at 5800
1: before we move on to the next game real quick a, a note from our sponsor FanDuel uh, fancy football fans football is back we are in mid season form at the moment which means FanDuel is back FanDuel is fancy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week. No busted seasons when you play with FanDuel. Something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from. Different kinds of contests to play in. GPPs, cash games, 50/50s, starting at all one dollar. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. There's nothing more fun than flipping on the TV on Sunday morning, getting to root for all your players. You get the get the red zone channel going. uh, Root for all the guys you have in FanDuel. There have been over two and a half million players who've won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanduel.com/rw. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes, all with your first deposit on Fanduel. Just visit fanduel.com/rw, void where prohibited. For some reason, we always have the 49ers after the Fanduel read. Uh, my 49ers at 0-7 now finally uh, finally got blown out. They're going to Philadelphia, who's probably the best team in the NFC right now. They're six and one. Uh, I think this game could get out of hand quick. The Eagles are fared by 12.5, over under a 47.5. Uh, most of those probably Eagles points. Is there anybody on the 49ers side that you're looking at?
2: 49ers side. I'm sorry, man. I, I got sidetracked, and, and I don't want to sidetrack the pod. But you ever have those friends that have been asking you for fantasy advice for like 15 years, and they kind of ask the same kind of questions that they've asked a few years ago and still haven't figured it out? This guy, my buddy, he's got <laughs> – Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. So doesn't need really both quarterbacks. He's asked me a whole bunch of trade questions, and I said, yeah, sounds good. Now he asks, would you trade Deshaun Watson and Fuller for Mike Evans? I'm like, I almost don't want to answer. I'm like, come on, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, <Sorry>. I, uh, <laughs> I think you just uh, you just don't answer. Uh, or tell him not to play in trade leagues.
2: Uh, I just said yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, here <laughs> – I'm on the San Francisco side of the ball. Um, Garcon is probably my favorite. uh, Garcon, excuse me, is probably my favorite option here. Um, Consider using C.J. Bethard. I don't know why. I kind of like this guy. Um, Don't do it. it. I. No, don't no. do it. I, I know. I know. We we talked about this game. I asked you, do you think that the if the Niners have any chance in in uh, in sticking with them? I know there's a huge spread here. You said no. You know your Niners well, and uh, I don't know, but there's something to that, you know, possibility of a second half um, at least that garbage time. And CJ Beathard is so cheap, and so uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested here.
1: Yeah, I just I think the Eagles are really good. I think the Eagles pass rush is going to mess with them a lot. Um, I think the Niners held on really well the first six weeks, and they they played really tough games. And I think uh, I think we saw their real form last week. You know, Ruben Foster got hurt again; he might not play. They're pretty banged up uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I don't see it. I don't see it in CJ Beathard. I don't think he's any kind of quarterback of the future. With some of these rookies might be. I think he's a placeholder till uh, next season when they draft a quarterback or trade for or sign Kirk Cousins. Um, the only guy I'd probably think about again is George Kittle. I know he disappointed everybody a lot last week. Only one catch of 16 yards. But he you know, you can't let one game cloud that too much. He, had, he did have 17 targets the two games prior. Still has the Iowa connection with C.J. Beathard. I think if they get behind this game, he could check down to George Kittle a lot. Good game script going here. Um, Jordan Reed had two touchdowns against the Eagles last week. Uh, Travis Kelsey smoked them in week two. Obviously, Kittle's nowhere near that level of player. But they have been a little susceptible to the tight end. Um, Garcon a little bit. But I think Kittle, if anybody, at 4,900 would be where I'd go to on the Niner side of the bowl.
2: Yeah, and that's just what I love about football. I mean, everybody and their grandmothers were talking about the George Kittle, Iowa connection with Beathard. And everybody played him. And what happens? He poops. You know, just two targets essentially caught one ball. And a a game with a perfect
1: game script, too. I mean, they were down. They were down from the get-go.
2: Exactly. And so you hope now this week that perhaps people are off of them a little bit, go in different directions. Everyone goes chasing Hunter Henry, which is fine. Hunter Henry is great. Um, but, you know, the price is what gets me. 4900 You can do a lot with your team, um, you know, popping them in there. And like you mentioned, that second half potential uh, garbage time game script.
1: So what about the Eagles side of the ball? I think everybody's in agreement the Eagles are going to score some points. They're going to have no trouble there. The 49ers can't really stop anybody right now. Ezekiel Elliott um, pretty much embarrassed them last week. Uh, He had over 200 yards combined between rushing and receiving, three touchdowns. Um, The question, I mean, Carson Wentz is on fire, 11 touchdowns the last three games, Uh, four of the last five over 290 yards uh, allowed by the 49ers. The only reason there wasn't five out of five is Dak uh, Prescott took his foot off the gas pedal last week. Um, Wentz is on fire. He's probably the NFL's MVP right now. If the season won't end today, I just wonder if they get up, uh, how much he'll throw. It's strictly a game script issue for me on Wentz.
2: Yes, I think that's the main concern. You're going to have a lot of sharp folks uh, sort of, you know, move off this hype of Wentz and look look for other uh, spots, especially if they think Philadelphia is going to blow them out as the spread suggests. Um, and so the only thing is, I mean. They could shred him good old-fashioned Tom Brady style playing against bad opponents because they're taking on this uh, absolutely leaky secondary of the Niners. And I know that both Kwan Williams, who obviously we've talked about, one of the worst slot corners in the league, and Rashad Robinson, they both um, were uh, removed from last week's game. I know they both got hurt. I think Kwan's fine and he's going to play. But, um, you know, it, it could be a nice little bounce-back spot for for Alshon Jeffrey. I think some people might be off of him after he disappointed folks on Monday night. You might even see more ownership on Nelson Aguilar because he's cheaper and is the slot guy. And so I'm personally hoping that maybe, you know, all everything that surrounds this game sort of keeps Alshon under-owned. And to me, he's a top-five receiver this week, especially because of his price.
1: I uh, I love Alshon at the new low price. He's 6600 this week. Like you said, disappointment last week, and not only disappointment, but in a primetime game when everybody was, uh, everybody was watching, everybody was talking about it being a big Alshon Jeffrey week. A lot of people like Jeffrey this week. He did have six targets. The Niners are v- vulnerable to big wide receivers. He's 6'3, 215. Um, I just the only my only problem is the game script. I don't think they'll be throwing in the fourth quarter, but I think Jeffrey hits a couple big plays. I think that Philly's gonna make sure to get him a couple big plays. Uh, they need to get him going in, order to, in in order to really um they're six and one, in order to really click with everybody, they need to get Jeffrey going a little bit, too. I think they are gonna force the ball a little bit to him this week. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, you mentioned also six thousand. He scored three straight weeks, seventeen targets the last three weeks. Really super active. He's averaging sixty-five yards and a touchdown the last three games. So really solid. Um, you know, it just comes down to game script. You can't play both of them because you know they can't. They're not gonna throw that much. But uh, you gotta you gotta get the guys that score the first three quarters.
2: And, and that's the thing. I mean, there are just so many. This is such a great offense. So many interesting pieces. I mean, you've got a guy like Zach Ertz priced up there almost at Gronkowski level and honestly deserves it. I mean, the guy does not have a game... Beast. Dude, he, doesn't ha- he does not have a game under 10 FanDuel points this year. Even in that game against Carolina uh, two weeks ago when he just had 18 receiving yards, he still managed to find the end zone twice. Yep. Just absolute stud. Um, what about the running backs? Uh, because to me, actually, both Blunt and Smallwood are interesting. I'm actually a big uh, Wendell Smallwood fan. Um, I think we might see some love for uh, LeGarrette Blunt this week just simply based on – uh, the implied game flow, the fact that the Niners have a 25th ranked rush you know, DVO, DVOA defense, um, and they're also allowing the fourth most rushing yards to date. Um, I do think that the Niners' units a lot stronger with Ruben Foster back. Um, I think he might be okay to play. I'm not sure. I know he bruises ribs last week. As you mentioned earlier. Nevertheless, I think Blunt has beastly potential. And even though he's been was really inefficient in his last couple games, he was f- facing a couple of tough defenses there in the Panthers and the Redskins.
1: Yeah, I think I'm a little more interested in Smallwood this week. Uh, he came back uh, yes. last week, played 24 snaps. I thought uh, Legarrett looked kind of slow last week. You know, he, he always has those games where he looks slow and then he looks good the next week, but I thought he did not look good uh, on Monday night. Reuben Foster is questionable with, that, with those ribs. Um, I think Smallwood's a sneaky GPP guy. He's only 5,500. He can really help you get other guys in. Um, I think Smallwood hits a big play at some point during this
2: game. Oh well, shoot! If he's hitting a big play, I'm going to play him. No, he's he's just sort. I mean, I'm being honest. Like he's he's sort of in that James White, Tevin Coleman mold. Yep. And he's, uh, you know, it, it, by the way, the Niners, in, in terms of how they do against pass catching running backs this year, they've allowed the most receptions, the most receiving yards, the most essentially uh, everything. I mean, this is the spot to play a guy like Wendell Smallwood.
1: Yeah, I think uh, 5,500, I think, I mean, interesting what his percentage is. I think that uh, people are going to want to have Eagles against this Niners defense. I just wonder if uh, you got to think more people to go to Blunt, though, right?
2: Yes, more people go to Blunt. People aren't going to want to get, you know, this guy, especially with other guys that we'll talk about later, um, sort of in that price range. But so I guess my only question to you, who I consider the uh, a little bit of a wiser uh, football mind, if this game does turn into a blowout, do they still use Wendell Swalwood in the fourth quarter?
1: Um, I think they do I think that he's coming back they're going to want to get him kind of in the flow um, I think that if they're up uh, you know if they're up 30 probably not but if they're up uh, 17 I think you'll see a lot of Smallwood in the second half um, I just wonder how much they use blunt I mean they they kind of the usage on blunt is really all over the place some games they feed him some games he doesn't play very much at all so I think that's the one the one wrench in this plan but I think I think smallwood plays a lot unless it's like a 35 nothing kind of kind of thing
2: perfect so i think we're on the same page um it, uh, i think we both like smallwood and alshon in this game
1: what about the philly defense they're priced way up at 5400 they had four sacks last week against the redskins the niners gave up five sacks last week in the game against the cowboys also fumbled three times uh kind of one of those uh the formulas we talk about you know big uh, big favorite home game rookie quarterback making his second start got to think you know bethard if he has to throw the ball is gonna make some mistakes uh the price worries me a little bit but maybe that maybe that keeps some people off them
2: it will throw some people off, um, but it, and they're obviously they're going to be lower um, owned because of it. But to me, I think there are just way too many good options that can be had for cheaper, and you can use that six to eight hundred salary difference uh, to put in towards a position player.
1: The other uh, other Bay Area team, the Oakland Raiders, headed to Buffalo this week. Uh, Buffalo's favored by two and a half, over under a forty-five and a half. Starting on the Raider side. Uh, Derek Carr obviously uh, broke out big time uh, against the Chiefs last week on the Thursday night game. Great game, 417 yards, three touchdowns. He actually looked really good, too. He was making a lot of plays that uh, were really impressive. The thing that concerns me with Carr is he hasn't topped 275 yards in any other week, uh, but the Bills passed. He's been smoked the last two weeks. They started well, but Andy Dalton got him for 328, then Jameis got him for 384 and three touchdowns. Um, I don't think I'm playing Carr this week at 7800 going on the road to to an East Coast game. Uh, What do you say on Carr?
2: Uh, yeah, this is one of those uh, for me personally, I'm not using Carr this week, uh, especially against Buffalo, even though they've um, have been shredded. Like you mentioned the last couple of weeks, um, they're still the 11th ranked pass defense so far on the season. And just look at their touchdowns, to interception ratio, uh, five touchdowns allowed to end nine interceptions. So I don't know. This is uh, not necessarily a spot that I'm looking at uh, Mr. Carr. Uh, if I'm going for a receiver, um, you know, Call me nuts, but i um, probably going to go back to the Crabtree well. I'm a big – you know me. I'm a big Amari Cooper truther. Um, I did not play last week including Thursday Slate, so I did not get any of that love. Um, although I did have a late swap or actually sw- switched Crabtree to Cooper, and that worked out. Um, but that's Nine, a whole other story. Um,
1: 19 targets.
2: A beast. That's a beast. Crazy. Do you have a preference between these two?
1: Um, I think – I think I'm on with on, on Crabtree too. Just kind of under the radar after the Monster Cooper game, I think it's one of those things. Crabtree's a better floor guy. Cooper's a better upside GPP guy. I think that's kind of always the case with these guys. Cooper uh, Cooper drops the grenades on you. He has those one for ten games that just kill you. And Crabtree's always there. Twenty five targets last three games. He or last yeah last three games. He only had three for twenty four last week. But he still had seven targets, still caught the touchdown. He's kind of the red zone guy. You could tell when Carr gets in a moment, you know, he's inside the 10-yard line. He's looking for crab most of the time there. Uh, I felt like that it was a Cooper game. They were really forcing the ball to him. They wanted to, they wanted to finally break him out, and they obviously did. Um, what about the running backs on the Raiders? Marshawn Lynch is out. He's suspended this week for going crazy and running off the bench and pushing the ref. Uh, we have DeAndre Washington, Jalen Rashard, 5,700, 5,300, respectively. Uh, any interest in either guy?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think these running backs are going to be a little tricky to figure out, uh, especially because I think uh, we're going to see Del Rio do what he did um, last week once Lynch was out of the game, is probably split the carries uh, rather evenly. Uh, In this game, Richard Richard is 600 k cheaper. I do believe he's a little bit more explosive, uh, but probably still better suited for GPPs. Uh, I do think that DeAndre Washington is probably going to see a little bit more goal line carries if those opportunities uh, present themselves but i mean that's just something that i'm not even going to try to project but if we do want to get specific one thing that will happen is Jalen Jalen richard scores on a screen pass from Carr on the to the right side for 28 yards could you be more specific uh i don't know if that's possible um <laughs> and then he, he'll 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 do a flip cartwheel
1: yeah, I think that I think the I think the Rashard Washington thing comes down to how you think the game works out. I think Washington benefits if they have the lead. He's the goal line guy. Jalen would benefit if they if they're behind and they have to throw the ball. He's kind of the, out of the backfield catcher. So I think if you're playing these guys, you've got to you got to lay out how you think the game goes and then make make the decision from there.
2: Yeah, and for me, I mean, over the next couple of days, this is one of the games I really want to dig into because. Um, I personally, I I love for whatever reason, I love the Bills. I always want to use McCoy. Uh, I'm a T- Tyrod Taylor apologist. Uh, you know, a Raider fan since you know growing up since I was a kid, and so I need to be able to separate that and really figure out how this game might flow because I don't know if it's going to be one of those really fast paced ones. Um, what about on the Buffalo side? I mean, uh, Shady McCoy, Tyrod, h- how feel you?
1: Well, I mean, the thing with Tyrod is he played the he played the Bucks last week, so like the prime matchup. He did get 20 FanDuel points, but he only had one touchdown. He had the 53 yards rushing, so that kind of helped it out. But I just think that if he's if he's playing in a prime matchup and he like 20 points, is a good game for him. I'm just not that interested. I don't think he has enough weapons to really go off without having maybe scoring a couple rushing touchdowns. Um, you know, Alex Smith uh, got the Raiders last week, 342, three touchdowns. But I just think Tyler Ty, Taylor's uh, laugh, lack of weapons keeps me up. And at 7,600, there's just other options I like more there.
2: Yeah. I mean, the thing about Tyrod, as you mentioned, is I like that little bit of upside uh, to his value, th- just the fact that he's a mobile quarterback and it was really encouraging to see him, you know, s- scramble for 53 yards on six carries. Um, and it's, it's really funny. I mean, Deontay Thompson last week, uh, joins the team. Um, probably somebody I'm not necessarily afraid to go back to, uh, I mean, not back to as if I had him last week. I was, I'm not crazy. I, I actually didn't even know he was in the game. Uh, But and it might feel a little bit like box score chasing. But I just think that, you know, Taylor having that deep play element really sort of helps. And Deontay's a fast guy. Um, I think they already sort of somewhat established that rapport. And, uh, you know, Jordan Matthews is back. He's in the mix. Um, I don't know how he's going to be. I know that he played a full complement of snaps last week. And even though he's wearing that special glove over his surgically repaired thumb uh, over the hand of, of that thumb. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, uh, I'm back on the shady train, I think, as I am most weeks when he's healthy and in a good matchup. Um, you know, last week he was chalky, but I still had him in about 80% of my lineups. I didn't care. Uh, I just think it's a great matchup for him against this Raiders squad that, um, you know, I just see him adding a lot of value as a pass catcher. Um, probably my favorite running back this week.
1: Yeah, I think the key is the is the targets. You know, he had the 23 carries last last week. Only 91 yards, so I'm a little bit worried about um, – the average with him, but he had seven targets, which, you know, may, gives him so much more extra value. The Raiders' de- Rundy hasn't been bad. There's been a lot of volume against them, but, you know, they held eight, Kareem Hunt 87 yards uh, last week, 83 yards to uh, Melvin Gordon, 73 to Buck Allen, but on a lot of carries. So they've had a lot of mm-hmm. volume against them, but uh, not a ton of big plays. I don't think I'm big on McCoy this weekend. I usually am. I love Shady. Um, I don't know. I saw last week, He I thought he looked pretty good, but not as good as I thought he was going to be against Tampa Bay. And I chalk up Deontay Thompson at facing Tampa Bay. Uh, and Jordan Matthews sucks, by the way.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's not so good. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, over the next couple days, I think we really needed to dig in because I think there are potentially some, uh, some good targets for us here.
1: You like uh, Nick O'Leary back to the well this week at 4900?
2: Yeah, I played him in cash. Am I crazy? And, it, and I feel like it kind of worked out because he was so cheap. And I had him with, uh, with, with uh, Tyrod and McCoy. Uh, and Elliott. Um, it worked out uh, because I was kind of on that little bit of a fade kittle, um, kind of, you know, not feeling it. So I don't know. I'm, most likely not for me this week.
1: Yeah, he only had two targets. He didn't have sixth week before. Tyrod does like his tight ends. Um, yeah, I think he's a decent, cheap option. I think that, uh, you know, he was able to use the wide receivers more against Taylor Bay last week. I think he's going to have to go back to O'Leary a little bit. I like the plays I saw that ran to O'Leary. He looked pretty athletic, pretty good. Um, 4,900, I'll probably sprinkle him in a little bit, but uh, probably not too much. Uh, moving on to the next game, we have the Indianapolis Colts, who looked horrendous last week. They go to Cincinnati this week. Um, They'll tell you how bad the Colts are. The Bengals have haired by 10 points, over-under of only 42. So that, uh, that'll tell you the implied total on the Colts on their side is really low. Um, T.Y. Hilton on the Colts' side. Uh, you want to talk about boomer bust. This guy has two games over 150 yards. Their five games are under 60 yards. I mean, he's either completely fantastic or just a waste. It's it's really tough. He only has one touchdown. The Bengals are only allowing 178 passing yards per game so far. They held Antonio Brown to 65 yards last week. Um, I think Hilton's strictly a, a you know game script. They get behind, he gets a lot of op- fed a lot of options. Maybe a GPP flyer at the lower price. He's down to 7200. Uh, I think Hilton's a boomer bust guy, but uh, someone that's only a small GPP percentage for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, d- does do we know if Adam is Adam Jones going to be back for this game? Uh,
1: I don't. I think he's questionable. I don't think it's been decided yet.
2: Yeah, and I think either way, I mean, there's you know, there's a real difference between contrarian and then just stupid contrarian, and right. you know, and, and and I think that's usually the case. Anytime Sammy Watkins uh, is facing any good corner, oh, uh, good. that's just not a not a wise suggestion. But uh, I mean, I'll keep it real simple here. For me, I'm not interested in anyone on Indy. If there's anyone that I would consider, it's Jack Doyle. My only real takeaway is, um, you know, I did. Um, uh, recommend Marlon Mack last week, um, and then sort of pulled back as the as the week came on because I figured like it was sort of push going against. Uh, it's a little overly against the grain. I kind of want to see him completely take over there. Uh, the one positive is the takeaway that he actually had had more snaps than uh, than Frank Gore last week.
1: Yeah, big jump up in his snaps. He had 32 last week having 31 the two weeks before that um, combined. Yeah, I think Mac looks really good. I think we're a couple weeks off from really being able to deploy him. Uh, I agree with you on Doyle. Uh, Joe Jacoby Brissett likes him a lot. Twenty-five targets the last three games. Just has so little explosion to his game. It's hard to put him in a GPP lineup, knowing you know he's got to catch two touchdowns to really to, to really provide value. Um, the targets give him a decent floor. Maybe a little of a cash game guy, a little bit of a GP or a PPR guy with uh, with the targets. But I don't know. They're ten point dogs. Could be a good game script. A lot of check downs to him, but. I don't know. The indie, the indie offense just looks so bad right now.
2: Yeah, he's uh, one of my least favorite tight ends, I think, in general. There are matchups that we can use him. I don't necessarily think this is one of them. Um, on the Cincinnati side of the ball, I'm all over my man, A.J. Green, this week. My man, your man, everyone's man. Uh, in a great get-right spot following last week's disappointing effort where they basically stopped throwing to him. And uh, Colts rank dead last in yards per attempt against at 8.9. And they allow the second most passing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. I think this is a great spot for AJ Green, my favorite receiver of the week.
1: You realize Blake Bortles had 330 yards on 26 attempts against the Colts last week. That's
2: impossible. Hey, hey, hey that's that's the NFL. Anything's possible, especially even for a guy like Blake Bortles. Um
1: yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the wide receivers against the Colts, Alan Hearns and Marquise lead nine for a buck seventy-three last week. Uh Taewon Taylor, Eric Decker, Richard Matthews, 13 for 218 in a touchdown the week before. And then the week before that, Pierre Garcon and Marquise Goodwin, 13 for 210. I listed seven guys. I think none of them would be top 25 receivers in the NFL. Maybe Pierre Garcon, maybe Richard Matthews. Marquise Lee. But we're talking yeah, exactly. We're talking about guys who are, you know, obviously decent players, but we're not talking about them getting beat by studs here. They're getting beat by yeah. uh, you know, pretty middle-of-the-road receivers. Got to think A.J. Green goes big, especially after last week. Like you said, they stopped throwing the ball. Three catches for 41 yards in the first quarter, and then zeroes the rest of the way. Really an odd game from Andy Dalton.
2: Uh, yeah, and, and uh, I have seen a little bit uh, – haven't been on Twitter all that much this week, but a um, couple times I have logged in. I've seen uh, crazies talking about how it's Brendan LaFell week. Oh, um, and, it, and if you think so, um, all the more power to you. He could – Absolutely grab a couple of touchdowns and screw things up for A.J. Green. But for me, A.J. Green in cash, my first wide receiver, first guy that I'm popping in there.
1: What about Andy Dalton at 7600?
2: Interesting only except for the fact of the way that this game might flow. Um, This isn't a typical situation where Cincinnati is. Um, you know, needing to come back, come from behind, um, in these type of situations usually doesn't bode well for, uh, Andy Dalton's yardage total, and you won't see him go over 300. Um, it is kind of weird for me to love green, but not love Dalton, but uh, I think it's worked out very many times for me. Um, I'm very interested in Cincinnati defense, uh, as a play here. I do like Jacoby Brissett a little bit more than some of the other quarterbacks that are facing teams, um, that I'm targeting defenses from. Um, But I do like Cincy. I think that'll be a very interesting uh, discussion between them and new Orleans. I think simply because I don't trust Trubrisky as much as I do. uh, Brissette. I prefer new Orleans defense to Cincinnati. I hope I did not confuse you there.
1: I'm not sure it's a Brissette thing. I think it's an indie offensive line thing. He got sacked 10 times last week.
2: Yeah. True that.
1: So, I mean, Cincinnati wasn't good last week on defense against Pittsburgh, uh, but the home the last home game against Buffalo, they had six sacks. They also had six sacks earlier in the season in a road game against the Packers. I just have to think, I mean, the Colts have given up three or more sacks in six of seven games. It's hard to see Cincinnati not getting four or five sacks in this game. It creates a really nice floor for a defense.
2: What about uh, your boy Mixon? I know you uh, have been going to the well a couple of times. Um, you know, who, who really knows what's going on there because I think that uh, – that uh, offensive sort of um, management has no idea what they're doing. I mean, last week they essentially gave up on Mixon and we're just battering them with the combination of Gio Bernard and, and Jeremy Hill. And for some reason they think even me who was the biggest Jeremy Hill truther ever, <laughs> I think he's horrible now. I, I he's, he's not worth being, he doesn't, it's, there's no reason to have him on the field. Yeah. And Mar- so I think something Marvin, like that really Marvin affects Lewis
1: Mexico. said earlier this week that they're using Hill to start the first in the third quarter so that, Mixon can watch the game and see how the defense is playing, which just stupid. <laughs> it like, makes what no sense. <laughs> like, isn't that what you're supposed to be doing on film on Wednesday? Like, it makes no sense. But yeah. you know, he was effective it, last week. He had seven carries for 48 yards, but he only had 22 snaps, seven carries, and three targets. I feel like this might be the perfect game script for him to finally break out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a leap of faith. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of downside. He's a boomer bust guy, but 5900. I find it hard to see him not breaking a couple of big runs. Hopefully, one of them for a touchdown. I think Mixon will be all over the place this week, 5,900. I think it's finally Joe Mixon week. Um, it's it's a GPP play though. He's not a cash guy. Um, he could you know he could get ten carries again, and it's hard to produce in those ten carries. But I think he breaks a big one. I think they feed him a little more, especially they'll be up in the second half. Um, Indy's given up big runs in the second half. They gave the the Derrick Henry one to end the game two weeks ago, and then T.J. Yeldon got them for a big one in the second half last week. They're just tiring late in games. They're on the field so much. Uh, when your offense is that bad, the defense is on the field all the time. Uh, I think Mixon's an excellent GPP guy this week.
2: Sold. To, to the Russian from L.A. for uh, 5900 yeah, oh, yeah, Joe Mixon sounds good, man. Uh, I, I'm on board there with you. Um, I, do, I could absolutely see him getting his first 100-yard game of the season. Um, that was a really strong, convincing argument. I just don't like what Marvin Lewis is doing. Hopefully this is the spot they let him go. I think the key point there you said is a leap of faith and that he's more of a GPP play, but sounds good to me.
1: Yeah, he definitely is. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not putting a huge percentage, but definitely slotting him in a couple of lineups. Uh, last 10 a.m. game is the Chargers moving to New England. A really interesting game. Over under a 48 and a half. New England fair by seven and a half. So yeah, the main question I have for you is: You know, we watched the game last week, and the uh, the, the Patriots defense finally held someone under 300 yards. Do you think the Patriots figured something out? Is that a one week fluke where Matt Ryan didn't play well? Uh, what do you do with the New England defense right now? As you start to consider Philip Rivers and his receivers?
2: I have uh, the the newer, new, new England defense actually uh, listed as a GPP play. There's somebody wow. I'm interested in. Um, yeah, when I was looking on Monday. Um, I don't know. I just think it's one of those games for the Chargers that uh, I, I don't know if I really want much of the Chargers uh, this week. It's one of those like off-biorhythm games where they're you know flying coast-to-coast for an early start. Um, and just for that reason, I, th- I think I'm a little hesitant on using Rivers too much. Uh, I think it's a potential letdown spot. Um, you know the game could work, you know could sort of flow into some potential second half garbage time, but uh, opportunity for New England to uh, you know perhaps actually get a you know make some stops and and get some interceptions.
1: Well, we uh, we definitely disagree here. I'm not buying the New England defense off one game. I thought uh, I thought the Falcons just played like garbage last week. I thought they called a terrible game. Uh, I thought that game should have been like 17-14 at halftime. I just thought they they really blew a lot of different spots there. Matt Bryant really killed them. Um, Phil Rivers, you know, last week was tough. He, he was facing Denver, only 183 yards, but he did have two touchdowns, averaging 291 yards the two weeks before, the three weeks before that. Uh, I think Rivers makes a lot happen here. I think the New England defense is still very susceptible on the back end. Um, I think Rivers is a good player here. City of 100. Probably not my favorite quarterback, but he'd be a top five guy for me this week.
2: Ooh, I smell a, uh, a Gus's fried chicken bet because I don't think you've had it yet, and they've opened one uh, down in Burbank. Literally the best fried chicken I ever had place came out from uh from atlanta and they've opened up a couple chains here um and they are not one of the sponsors of the pod by the way but let's do this <laughs> gus's fried chicken lunch i say new england defense is a top six uh defense this week
1: are we going by like fanduel scoring
2: fanduel points all right you're on yeah all right cool um you know my, my boy phil like? river
1: is gonna take care of me i love phil river <laughs>
2: <laughs> i like it um you know the guy i do like here is keenan allen um you know, I just think it's a really nice spot for him. Um, you know, against the slot corner there, um, somebody I'm definitely considering for cash games, especially probably flying under the radar a little bit. Um, and I know Melvin Gordon is still going to get a lot of usage. I know that he was limited in Wednesday's practice with a knee. I mean, the guy's just playing so much, you know, banged and bruised. But uh, you know, def- definitely some interest for, for, for Keenan Allen this week.
1: Here's a wild stat for you: there's no running back that has has had more than 18 carries against New England all year long.
2: Wow. Okay. I think that nice uh, I
1: think that the secondary is so uh, so bad that teams tend to throw the ball, and also teams get behind New England, so they tend to not run the ball as much. But Kareem Hunt is the only guy that has had over 15 carries against them all year.
2: Interesting. My, yeah, uh, the, the slot corner, the, the slot corner I was thinking of um, was Eric Rowe, who actually is giving up a whopping amount of uh, basically fantasy points per route run. So uh, you know, just something to keep in mind there. You like Keenan? I do. I like all the, you know, the matchup. I
1: like the game script. I like the 39 targets over four weeks. I just, he's not a big play guy, so he needs to score or rack up 100 yards. He only has one touchdown all year. So I I sometimes wonder about Keenan Allen's upside. In a a contest like Fando, it's only half-point PPR. Full-point PPR, those other sites, I, I think he's a little more value uh, I just wonder. It, it's hard to get a big game out of him. It, it's hard to see him scoring twice. It's hard to see him, see him put up 140 yards. Uh, he's a good floor guy. I feel like he's maybe more of a cash guy than a GPP guy in my mind.
2: So, if you're using Rivers, do you just play him uh, by himself, or do you, nope. you pair him with a Benjamin? Or you nope. got a guy, huh?
1: A Hunter Henry,
2: 5,500. Oh yeah, nice. coming on, yeah. coming nice on the solid. last,
1: coming on the last three weeks, 20 targets the last three weeks. 163 yards the last two weeks on nine catches. Um, New England did shut down Austin Hooper last week, but you know the Falcons didn't even throw him the ball. He had one one or two targets. They had uh, 46 yards and a touchdown to ASJ the week before, 68 yards and a touchdown to Cameron Break the two weeks before that. I just think someone has to catch the balls here. I think Keenan Allen's going to get a lot. Travis Benjamin's a little too uh, you know boomer bust. Tyrell Williams a little too boomer bust. Mike Williams is there too. I think Hunter Henry at 5500 is one of the uh, one of the, one of my top three tight ends this week, and it's the guy that I will be pairing. On any team that I have rivers with.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that's interesting. Uh, and the Patriots have allowed five touchdowns to opposing, uh, tight ends. They're allowing over 12 handle points a game, which is uh seventh worst in, in the league. And so, um, it's, you really don't have to twist anyone's arm, I think to, to play Hunter Henry this week.
1: Yeah. So you flip to the Patriots side, you know, Tom Brady is obviously always playable. I feel like, uh, I feel like the Falcons really let us down more than anything in this game. I think that if they had scored, Brady really would have gone off last week. He only had 250 yards and, and two touchdowns. Uh, he's at like, 9,400 is tough. And, you know, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram going to get after him. He has so many weapons, though. I think it's going to be a little bit more shootout than you do. Uh, I think the a game script will be nice for him. He's just hard to play at 9,400 and get much else in there.
2: Yeah, I mean as far as uh, the sort of the way that I personally see this game going and it's nice that we you know have this uh, Discourse here and can can disagree a little bit. Um, yeah I mean just for the at least in terms of Brady I think we both agree here where the price tag is just too high. I think there are way too many uh, Potential options cheaper um, for me that I'm, I'm just not gonna pay up for the guy um, but the rest of this team I mean my goodness, what a tangled web of fantasy value we weave! I mean, almost <laughs> everyone except for James White f- failed to hit value last week. And figuring out where the production to come, where c- production will come from, is—I mean, it's a weekly puzzle, puzzle that even the sharpest of DF, uh, DFS might struggle with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fully off the off the running backs completely. I don't want any part of that. They're just splitting with with Burkehead back now. They're just splitting up way too much. I'm not playing any of those guys in any kind of big DFS slate. You know, maybe a primetime two gamer. I'll, you know, slide some Dion Lewis or or Mike Gillisley in there, but they're just not. They're just splitting up way too much. You,
2: I, wait uh, a second.
1: You 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 are playing uh, two game primetime slates now. My I'm goodness, just, I'm just saying that. Have would I be really the, rubbed off on you? That would be the <laughs> spot that I would use. I was uh, I was frustrated last week, so I played I played the two gamer last week for the first time in a while. My man, um, nice. Chris Hogan come I mean, to the dark side. Chris Hogan's the guy that I like. Um, he had. No touchdowns last two weeks, so a little bit quiet after the the, the run of touchdowns. They'd have four for 71 last week. Um, they kind of had a big lead early last week against Atlanta, so they only threw the ball 29 times. That's you know that's low for New England. They had 38, 40, and 45 pass attempts the three weeks before that. I think that'll be back to normal uh, this week. He's just so solid, over 60 yards in five of his seven games. He's kind of the solid guy, the touchdown guy. Brandon Cooks is kind of the big play guy. Uh, at $500 less, I think I'm going with Chris Hogan this week at 7,400.
2: Yeah, for me, again, it's tough. I'm not really going to pretend that I think I know who's going to be scoring the touchdowns. I think there's other situations, other teams that I'm more comfortable with projecting. Um, the one thing that I did notice is that Casey Hayward, um, outside the last game where he looked good and held Dem- Demaryius Thomas in check, um, you know, Casey Hayward is actually the worst graded uh, cornerback on his team. Uh in, uh, uh in terms of uh, PFF numbers, um, I don't know if he's going to be shadowing Brandon Cooks. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, it, it's really just tough for me to figure out. I think I'm, you know, Amandola is more of a full PPR point guy for me. Um, I definitely like Hogan in this spot, a uh, little bit of a bounce back with another weaker move from his minor rib ailment. Um, and then there's Gronk. I think for me, I'd rather, um, you know th- these the Henrys and paying down for Kittles. Um, You know, I I don't necessarily think I'm going to pay up for him. So that's kind of out of the out of the picture for me personally. Um, And then the running backs, I do have a little love for Dion Lewis. Um, It does bug me that Rex Burkhead came in there and was actually deployed as, uh, you know, um, as a running back uh, last week as well. Um, And so, you know, Gillis is the guy that's uh, drawing the, you know, the the short, the short straw there. But uh, it's really tough to project. The thing, only thing I like about Deion Lewis is the potential game script, the fact that the Chargers have been shredded in a, uh, by opposing running backs, and the fact that Deion Lewis is only 5,400.
1: Yeah, I'm just not – I'm not going to even think that I'm smart enough to figure out the Patriots uh, running backs. You know, you, It's it's kind of just throwing darts. If you hit the right guy that scores a touchdown hits the big play, it works really well, but uh, it's just too frustrating for me. I'm staying away there. And, and you mentioned Gronkowski. We talked about him a bunch last week. He's one of those guys that you've got to decide kind of when you start to build your line, if you're playing a Gronk team or not. You know, and when he mm-hmm. goes he goes three for 51, that hurts a lot. I mean, he does that, he hurts you. But, you know, the four games before that, over 80 yards, four touchdowns on that stretch, he's just a total monster. Um, again, though, 8,400, he's so much higher than everybody else. Ertz has snuck up there a little bit at 7,300, but should be a good game script. I, I think this game's going to be back and forth, I think this, and the Chargers are going to hang in there. Um, so I think it's going to be a good, uh, a good game script for Gronk, but he's just so expensive with his other tight ends. I like a little bit down the card
2: yeah and and just the other thing for me um, I personally don't play um, you know at your average mediocre tight end against the Chargers Um, I just you know obviously this year specifically they haven't allowed an opposing tight end to score Um, they were good against opposing tight ends last year as well Um, I just think it's a position they guard well that said Rob Gronkowski is not your average tight end as we all know so um, you could sort of throw that all out out of the window but I believe um, you know I just don't think it's a spot necessarily that I'm going to go out of my way uh, to play Rob Gronkowski this week.
1: So moving on to the one o'clock games. First one is the Texans headed to Seattle. Uh, I'm a full pass on the Houston offense this week Deshaun Watson, 8,000 Deandre Hopkins, 8,000, just too expensive for me to play in Seattle. Um, you know, Seattle's allowed the fourth, fourth fewest fancy points to quarterbacks and they're always better at home. I'm just not paying up for anyone against the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, this is the, the the lightest amount of notes I have in any of this is uh, Houston. Is, uh, I'm essentially not interested in the Texas side of the ball. Um, I think the 46 total, and I think it is still 46, is a little too high in this one. kind of see it as one of those, like, uh, you know, 2017 type of games. So um, n- no thanks for me here.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can see Hopkins, if they get behind a little bit of game script, they start to chuck it around. But only one wide receiver has been over 50 yards in the last three weeks. No wide receivers top 90 yards against them all season. They've only got three touchdowns to wide receivers all season. It's just, it's just not a spot where I'm paying up $8,000. But uh, on the Seattle side, Russell Wilson is coming on a little bit. Three of his last four games have been monsters after the the first two games really sucked from a fantasy angle. Texans have a good pass. either seventh in pass DVOA. But the two two good quarterbacks they've faced, Tom Brady went 378, five touchdowns against them. Alex Smith, I know, good quarterback. I know it's crazy. 324 mm. yards and three touchdowns against them. So they've, they've kind of beaten up... Really poor quarterbacks. They they faced a lot of bad ones. The good ones have gotten them pretty good.
2: Yeah, and I you know I am uh, heavily invested in, in Russ this this year in uh, in season long. Um, I look for any opportunity to use him. Um, I'm okay with him here. He's not a top five guy for me. Um, I think the only person I'm really interested in here is Doug Baldwin um you know i just don't think there's anyone in the secondary here that could stop him um you know i think a a, a mashup in the slot with uh, kareem jackson i think is one that he's going to abuse um you know probably you know m- might not be a nice little might be a not bad of a combo to get aj green with uh, Doug baldwin or Evans and, and sort of build around there on a the team
1: yeah baldwin finally looked healthy to me last week he had a he has 20 targets the last two weeks he was 9 for 92 last week he's clearly the center of the past game when he's healthy russell wilson clearly looks for him in big spots the other interesting guy for me is Jimmy Graham. A little priced up at 6,400. Had two really bad drops last week, too. One was a touchdown. One was a long gain that might have been a touchdown if he had made one guy miss. But heavy targets right now, 31 the last four weeks. He's clearly the number two option after Baldwin in, the, in that uh, offense. And interestingly enough, uh, good tight ends have really hurt the Texans. Gronk had 8 mm-hmm. for 89 in a touchdown. Kelsey had 8 for 98. Even Delaney Walker had 351. So uh, they haven't been killed by tight ends, but they've been killed by good tight ends.
2: Yeah, and I'm not opposed uh, to Jimmy Graham. Probably not someone I'm going to have on any of my three primary lineups because I like some options that are cheaper. Me too. Um, and yeah, and outside of that, I mean, again, the running game here is one to stay away from entirely. I do think it's just a matter of time before Lacey gets hurt and Rawls emerges. Uh, just personal preference for me, and this is from, coming from a guy that's loved Eddie Lacey for years. Uh Um, And then the other uh, interesting thing is CJ Proseis, Proseis, again, um, not really practicing. um, And and J.D. McKissick is somebody that I'm going to not necessarily play in DFS, but somebody I'm going to keep an eye on.
1: I feel about Seattle running backs like I feel about New England running backs.
2: Yeah, very good comparison, except for uh, one group is much better than the other
1: uh yeah they are but uh, from a fantasy angle they fall in the same boat for me um
2: no oh, yeah moving
1: course. on to a game that should be a lot of fun uh the cowboys are heading to washington over under a 50 in this game cowboys favored by two and a half and when we talked uh, early in the year in our preview episode we really talked about finding a game that big over under and low spread it's like the perfect uh, the perfect fantasy gem right there you want a lot of points you want the game to be close you don't have to worry about uh, blowouts you get a lot of points shootout back and forth uh, i kind of like everybody in this game I, I love watching dak prescott play he's averaged 30 fando points last two weeks 11 touchdowns last three weeks nine touchdowns passing and two touchdowns rushing uh, no josh norman again helps the passing game a lot wentz just got them for four touchdowns last week on uh, on monday night kind of the perfect game script like i said high over under close game uh, Dak's up to 8600 what say
2: you yeah, it's like, you know, hashtag, fi- you know, find yourself a girl that, that uh, loves you like DFSers are going to love this Dallas-Washington game. There I you mean, know. The, it's, you know, it, everyone's, it's the afternoon game. There's only two games in the afternoon. The other one is not that exciting. You're going to see some some game stacks all together, uh, but there are just so many pieces here that it's it, it's going to be kind of tough to figure out where you want to go. Um, I've sort of taken a couple of stands here that uh, we'll dig into, um, you know, the Cowboys offense quite the juggernaut right now with Prescott, um, literally one of the most consistent quarterbacks in football, yep. uh, a beast right now. Three consecutive games with three touchdown passes, uh, back-to-back games with a rushing score, uh, definitely in the mix for cash games and even more so if Josh Norman is out. Um, and then Des Bryant, you know I love Des. I find every, any and every excuse to use the guy in DFS – but if Norman play, is Norman is playing, um, it does reduce my love for him just a little bit. Uh, and at that point, we'll probably consider him a little bit more of a GPP play.
1: Yeah, Norman uh, partially practiced on Wednesday, so he's questionable. Uh, I tend to think it's going to be one more week, but uh, we'll see. So it is Bryant, I mean, he got his touchdown last week in garbage time. They kind of forced it to him. Uh, he's got a great game script. I, I give him that. Amazingly, he's only topped 65 yards once all year, but he has scored four touchdowns. Uh, he's a huge target guy. I just wonder if he has the upside of the other guys at over 8,000. The explosive big plays haven't been there. You know, a lot of targets, a lot of touchdowns, but the, the kind of big yardage game is that we haven't seen that at all. Um, I don't know. I just I just think the other guys over eight, over 8,000 uh, give a lot more upside than Dez does week to week.
2: Yeah, and all that is – basically zeke elliott's fault so uh, <laughs> once uh, you know once they get mcfadden and uh what's their name uh morris in there actually i think rod smith might be a better running back than both those guys a guy that looks like a beast he looked good um, last but week once, yeah yeah he's he's good look great in the preseason but um yeah i mean you know zeke there just is just absolutely monster just playing on another you know another level there i the redskins do have a stout run d Um, They really didn't have an answer for for him last year. I mean, last year, Zeke averaged 90 rushing yards um, and scored three touchdowns in the two meetings against them last year. Um, But for me, I don't know. There's something about this game that I almost feel like I would almost rather pay up for Le'Veon Bell. And I don't know if you want to get into the discussion on this game or the next one um, as we close it out. But uh, what do you think about Zeke?
1: yeah i mean he's the, the value he has is just he's so consistent he has over 80 yards in every game but that weird denver game you know i think we kind of throw that one out that was a weird game six touchdowns the last two weeks but 55 carries the last two weeks i mean just when you get that level of volume behind a really good offensive line it's hard not to like him uh you gotta think they'll ride him again he has his next hearing on monday we'll find out if he's gonna when he's gonna take the suspension if he's gonna take the suspension what's gonna happen there but there's no reason for him not to not to keep riding him like you mentioned the washington d though They've only allowed uh, two running backs over 50 yards, and that was Kareem Hunt and Todd Gurley. So elite guys. So Mm -hmm. they've been pretty good, but, you know, Zeke's an elite guy. Um, 9000 is really expensive. I tend to think this game might be a little more passing than running, but uh, I I can't fault anybody for going Zeke at at any any time.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Um, On the Washington side of the ball, um, uh, uh, you might uh, call me crazy, I like Kirk Cousins. He's my favorite quarterback of the week. I do prefer him over Prescott. Uh, and I think he's my favorite points per dollar guy. Uh, just the way they have it projected. Um, he's always a stronger consideration for me at home. He's got so many awesome weapons at his disposal. Um, I like Kirk cousins. Do you like him as much as me?
1: Uh, unfortunately I do that. I can't really disagree there. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Unfortunately.
2: Too. Well, it's a what little more infor- fun. unfortunate that we disagree.
1: It's, uh, no, I just, you know, when we don't, when we disagree, <laughs> it's a little more, a little more fun, but, uh, he's true, only 7,800. Again, great game script. I love this game. Uh, strong last two weeks 330 yards two touchdowns 303 and three touchdowns the uh, Cowboys secondary they did shut down the 49ers but I kind of throw that game out CJ Beathard was not very good 11 touchdowns the last four weeks before that so they've been able to get thrashed before that uh, we both like cousins but my question for you is what the heck does one do with the Redskins receiver to pair him up with
2: oh I just play Josh Doxson and Chris Thompson there we go. That's that's what I'm doing.
1: See, I have a different one. Uh, Jordan Reed's actually my favorite tight end this week. Um, nice. He's played, he, he looks healthy for one, for fine. You know, for once, for now. Uh, fifty four and fifty snaps last two weeks. Um, Cousins really. I watched that game against the Eagles on Monday night. He really looked at him in the red zone. Uh, he had two touchdowns, but he it was there was the fact that he was looking to him and kind of on quick slants in the red zone. I love that as a quick play to score a touchdown real quick. I love when my guys get looked at like that. Ten targets last week. Um, he's only sixty one hundred. I think this might be the last time we see him at that price. He's going to probably jump up and join the uh, join the Zacherts uh, group pretty quickly. Probably get up to sixty seven to seven thousand somewhere in there. Um, I love Jordan Reed a lot because I can't pick a Washington receiver. Terrell Pryors clearly in the doghouse. He didn't start. Didn't play till the third series last week. Um, you mentioned Josh Doxon. I just don't see it. I see it as a he's talented. He's got the pedigree, but last three games, six catches, seventy seven yards. Um, he just hasn't – he's not doing anything. He's made one big catch all year against the Raiders. It's kind of his one big play. Um, I just don't think he's earned that starting role. I, it seems really weird to me.
2: Yeah, I mean I think what it is 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 it's what I'm reading about how Gruden really envisions him as his number one receiver and right. even spoke to that this week. And the fact that he's just dirt cheap, 5,200, I think he helps you, especially if you go with Cousins. You can even go Cousins uh, – Doxen and Reed, if you will. I, I personally am really tough for me to play Reed only because Vernon Davis gets involved. He gets those big plays. Um, it, I think we'll probably see a little bit less than a Vern as, as long as Reed is healthy and continues to play there. I think obviously the persona non grata um, for the most part appears to be Terrell Pryor, as it looks like they've pretty much made a mistake. Um, but just so many guys here: um, Chris Thompson, who to me is like David Johnson light. Um, you know, so much, so many ways to go. You can even go. You know, naked cousins again this week. Hey, why not? Just don't Google it.
1: <laughs> my uh, my problem with Chris Thompson, I think he's really, really good. I love watching him play. I think he's really good. I just think he's too reliant on the big play and the touchdown for me to play him at six thousand. Uh, with uh, with Rob Kelly back, his rushes will be limited. His rushes went way down this week, so he kind of has to catch a big one or catch you know six or eight balls to really get value. Um, so the the big play's there. I can see him a GPP type guy, but uh, it's hard for me to be uh, to take a guy who's so reliant on that one big play.
2: Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to with uh, with a site like Fanduel, where um, really sort of limits all these guys. I mean, guys like Jalen Rashard and uh, you know Chris Thompson, Alvin Kamara, uh, Christian McCaffrey. You know, all these guys, Dion Lewis, all these guys that we could potentially play this week are you know better suited on on other sites this week. Unfortunately, um, that's just sort of the way it is. Um, I love Chris Thompson as a player. Um, for me, I think it comes down to. Um, Doxton, fifty two hundred, a nice cheap price. You like Jordan Reed? I think it works out with the fact that we both like cousins.
1: Yeah. So moving to the uh, the five o'clock hammer game, we have an interesting game. The Steelers head to Detroit, uh, indoor game on a, on a fast turf. Uh, Star on the Steelers' side of the ball, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, road Ben strikes again. Uh, he's just not the same. Last two weeks, two hundred fifty two yards, two twenty four, kind of limited passes. But I don't think it's a game script thing. I think it's a relying on Le'Veon Bell thing. I can't believe mm-hmm. how much volume Bell's getting. He has thirty-two plus rushes in three last four weeks, one hundred thirty-four yards in those. So he's getting—he's not really efficient. He hasn't been great, but I'm not even sure it matters when you get that level of insane
2: volume. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, you can't get a better. Uh, Sunday night hammer options than like Le'Veon Bell and Brown. Right. And to me, I, I think this game, the 45 over under is like at really pretty apropos. I don't really see this one being super high scoring. Um, I don't intend to have a lot of uh, Sunday night hammers and sort of going to be fading this game outside of, you know, perhaps Pittsburgh defense, maybe some Le'Veon Bell. Um, and again, me and my, um, you know, wide receiver quarterback stuff here. But, uh, you know, Antonio Brown, obviously league's best receiver for a while now, essentially matchup proof. um, But I think the Lions are going to stick shut down corner Darius Slay on him. I think Slay is really pumping himself up for this one and for this game in a, on this, in in this matchup. And uh, I think for me, I think any um, potential road to glory for Antonio Brown might be a little bit of a bumpy one.
1: Yeah, I I tend to agree. And I really like Darius Slay too. I just, Antonio Brown kind of trumps all cornerback stuff for me. I think he's pretty matchup proof. Um I just like other receivers more, I think. It's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to watch him in the Sunday night game and not have a bunch of shares, but you know, no wide receivers had hundred yards against the Lions. Julio Jones was the highest at ninety one yards. Uh, at and ninety two hundred though, he's really highly priced. I think I'm probably passing for the most part in A B this week, and that is always scary.
2: Yep, absolutely. And uh, as far as Belk's concerned, I mean obviously the Lions have a very good defense they rank top 10 in uh in DVOA against the run um and against the pass as a matter of fact but um you know their defense is automatically a little bit weaker without Haloti Nada and I definitely think that certainly gives Bell a little bit of an edge and uh, especially in a game that I think is going to be a little slower paced I think you are going to see 25 plus carries again for Le'Veon Bell um I don't know if I'm going out of my way to fit him in uh in my main lineup this week but I think I do have a slight lean on him over Zeke this week
1: I have a slight lean on him over Zeke too. I just think it's the volume is crazy. But my real question is, are are you going to juju on that beat this week?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, if he, he had a little concussion, so if he if he clears that up, um, you know, I love his little interaction there with Mia Khalifa. I think he's coming <laughs> becoming a little bit of a Twitter star here. That was beautiful. Just, it was like such a like it's it's almost like you know the antithesis of you know what a just a eh, person Martavis Bryan appears to be. And so I even think personally Martavis might be behind this. Be, be might have been behind the missing bike that Juju now found
1: <laughs> yeah martavis brian is gonna be inactive this week uh, like you mentioned juju's in the concussion protocol uh, i think he's gonna clear before game time so i think he's gonna play um you know coming on a little bit uh, last four games 47 58 32 and 39 yards becoming a little more a piece of that offense and i think we've seen in the past you know being the number two wide receiver in this pittsburgh offense is a nice place to be uh only 5500 he's indoors on a fast turf kind of suits him well with Darius Slay and Antonio Brown, uh, I think Juju Smith at 5,500, if, if you're going to have a hammer in this game and you yep. can't afford Le'Veon Bell, I think he might be the guy. And, you know, he's, he's a lot of fun when he scores. A little, little hide-and-seek action on a touchdown.
2: Yep, I like it. I, I, I'm down with that play. Um, he's definitely in the mix there for me with the guys like Doxson and uh, Mohamed Sanu among the cheap guys. What about Detroit for you? Is there absolutely anyone that you're interested in?
1: If uh, if I see uh, your boy Kenny Galladay, um, I call him. Uh, what do we call him? Mini Minitrón? Is that what it was?
2: Yeah, there's. Uh, yeah, oh, the, you like, the, you, the like baby, you like you like Babytron. Yeah, I don't. It's not that I like. It's just kind of what I what I see more <laughs> and stuck with it. But yeah, I like him. Um, Golden Tate
1: is kind of looking like he might not play. Obviously, when he checked that later in the week. Galladay had a partial practice today coming back from his hamstring. Uh, You know, looked really good early. He had the two touchdown game in in week one. Um, I think that uh, he's a GPP kind of Sunday hammer guy. If he plays at 5,500, I think he's kind of interesting indoors again on that turf. If no Golden Tate, I think I might have a little Kenny Galladay.
2: Yeah, and you know, even though the Lions, they're at home and they're off the bye, I just see really tough sledding for the Lions, um, pass attack in this one. I mean, the Steelers are their number two ranked pass defense uh, behind the Jags, and they're allowing an incredibly low 147 passing yards a game, which is nearly 70 yards less than basically the league average. And so, um, you know, Marvin Jones might do a little bit of work, but, you know, same thing, Um, you know, a shot in the dark Sunday night uh, hammer Millie play would be Galladay if it seems to me that his hamstring is in good shape.
1: Yeah, the the Steelers have allowed six, uh, six passing touchdowns in seven games, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, Marvin Jones has been trending up, you know, 14 targets, 12 catches the last two games. If Tate doesn't play, I think he sees a lot of volume, but just not a defense I really want to play a lot of guys
2: against. I think that's it. I think uh, it, it, it's pretty funny because we're still running regular time, even though there's like three less games. Um, yeah, that's cool. We made up for it. So now we can do the recap.
1: Yeah, quick recap. Uh, my top overall play at quarterback, I think is the same as yours, Kirk Cousins. My top kind of mid-range uh, play is going to be Phil Rivers this week, which I know is not your top mid-range player.
2: My top overall guy, same as you, is uh, Cousins. Um, and, you know, I, actually right before we started, I went to go look back just to see. I was curious how he did against Dallas last year. Um, I forgot the touchdowns, but he – he, his, his yardage numbers in the two games 364 yards and 449 yards against the Cowboys and I think this Cowboys secondary is weaker uh this season um also like Wentz and Dak but to me they are secondary um uh, top mid-range guy for me is Tyrod top cheap is uh is uh and I hate to say it but it's Josh McCown
1: yeah my my sneaky low percentage play is Jameis Winston I think he's gonna come in uh gonna come in under-owned and I've uh, I've already said uh, I'm already on there. I think Tampa Bay, Carolina is going to be a uh, going to go way over the total.
2: Yeah, for me, um, I originally had Cam as my sneaky low percentage. I don't think he's going to be sneaky low percentage because of uh, the team here. Um, for me, in that case, I'd probably have to go with Wilson if I'm paying up, or uh, go to C.J. Bethurt and go against uh, your best wishes here with San Francisco. Yeah.
1: Again, don't do it. Uh, Running back, my my top overall play is Le'Veon Bell this week, a little bit over Ezekiel Elliott. I didn't love a lot of mid-range guys. I liked more cheap guys this week than mid-range. I think Jordan Howard's probably my mid-range guy, but probably not going to have a lot of him. I liked expensive and cheap kind of this week. It was was kind of a stars and scrubs week at the running back spot.
2: Yeah, for me, uh, it's Le'Veon Bell and LaShawn McCoy, my top overall plays. Uh, Top mid-range guy. I don't know if you'd even consider him mid-range, but it's uh, Mark Ingram.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. What about cheap plays? I think it's clear that uh, I like Joe Mixon and Wendell Smallwood the most there. I also think Alvin Kamara could be a sneaky low percentage play. I, I like how he looks. I think he's going to break one of- a couple TDs one of these games. Um, I- at the price, I like him. I like how he looks. I just marking him gets a lot of volume, so it's hard to hard to play him in anything but a- as a GPP flyer.
2: Yeah, my, my top two, a uh, couple of GPP plays. And I guess they will be sneaky, low percentage plays as well. So I might as well throw all three in there. All That's right. Dion Lewis, Jalen Richard, and Wendell Smallwood. Um, if I had to choose, I already told you how Jalen Richard is scoring his touchdown. So, um, so I'm going to have to go with him and then Smallwood second. Uh, my fade, um, it's not a full fade because how can you ever fade a beast like this? But it's uh, Zeke.
1: Mine is uh, mine's Melvin Gordon. I don't like what running backs do against New England. I think game script uh, is going to be Phil Rivers throwing the ball a lot. Uh, Gordon also a uh, little bit of a foot issue this week in practice, so someone that I'm I'm going to avoid this week.
2: What about the receivers? Your top overall and two top mid range.
1: My top overall is actually a little bit different this week. It's going to be Mike Evans again. I really like that Tampa Bay Carolina game. I think that uh, I think Evans uh, eats pretty well this week. I actually have three mid range plays. I'm going to cheat this week. Kelvin Benjamin, Chris Hogan, and Alshon Jeffrey.
2: Nice. Okay. We are on the same page. That's either really uh, good or really bad. But my top top overall is A.J. Green. Julio comes in a uh, a, a little bit of a distant second. Top two mid-range guys, Alshon and Kelvin Benjamin.
1: Uh, what about some cheap plays? I think uh, I, I'm pretty clear that I like Juju Smith. I also like Nelson Aguilar at 6,000. And then my third one would probably be uh, Muhammad Sanu.
2: So my cheap plays, I've got Doxon and Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. Uh, sneaky low percentage guys that I'm interested in this week, uh, Muhammad Sanu, Jermaine Curse, Deontay Thompson, and Marquise Goodwin. And then my two fades are uh, Brown and, uh, sad to say enough, Dez. I'll yeah, leave my words there. Watch.
1: I think uh, I'm not fading Dez. I, I think uh, that game's going to be uh, high-scoring enough that he's going to get his two. Uh, I think uh, Antonio Brown's a fade for me too, which scares the hell out of me on a Sunday night.
2: Uh, Tight end Um, I Originally had Zach Ertz In as my top guy And I know he's been Damn consistent Um, But I think I'm sort of Moving to um, Hunter Henry Even though he's a Sort of a mid-range guy He's the guy that I have uh, As my top overall
1: My top play this week Is Jordan Reed Uh, I think he goes off This week
2: Very nice Uh, Cheap play for me And my fade Uh, Kittle is my cheap And ASJ Safarian Jenkins The fade
1: yeah, I'm a, I'm a constant uh, fade on ASJ, so I, I can uh, I can agree with you on that one. Uh, no real cheap guys I really love this week. I think uh, Tyler Croft might be a little bit interesting uh, going against that Indianapolis pass D. Um, but uh, I like Cameron Brait, but he's not really cheap or sneaky. A um, lot of lot of Jordan Reed for me this week, a lot of Hunter Henry for me this week, kind of my two main guys, and then Brait would be my third. I'm going to slide. I'm going to play those three on most teams.
2: Very nice. Well, what about defense, your top overall play and then your top cheap play?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one this week. Uh, I think that I like. Uh, I'm trying to remember who my uh, who my defense was at 4,800. There, who was who did I like? there? I don't remember.
2: Cincinnati or New Orleans.
1: I like Cincinnati. I just think the I think the sack floor is too nice. I think Jacoby Mississippi makes a couple mistakes in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, I know you like New Orleans a little more. I like them too. I think I like Cincy a, a touch more.
2: Yeah, I just have Cincy uh, and then New Orleans sort of together. My although I think I might like Pittsburgh, even though they're on the road, um, as they are cheaper, I might like them sort of as as my favorite overall play. Yeah,
1: I think uh, if I'm going to go low percentage, I think Seattle's interesting at at uh, at their high price. I think that uh, they're going to force Deshaun Watson in some uh, some rookie mistakes. I think we're going to finally see a little bit of rookie Deshaun Watson this week. I think that I think it's going to be loud in there. It's a big game. Seattle's coming on a little bit, starting to play better. Uh, if I'm going to go off the map a little bit, it's tough to go into that. Texas offense's been really good, but I think Seattle makes a couple of big plays in that game.
2: Yeah, and I think we'd be remiss to altogether not consider, or at least have one light up with uh, uh, miss, uh, with the Tampa Bay defense against Cam Newton. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, it just what it is. What it is. Quan Alexander's back. Uh, I'm not sure about Gerald McCoy. He's, is he fine? Plane? uh
1: i don't uh, i don't know he was uh i saw him limping off last week let me uh let me see what his practice status was he,
2: um either either way cam newton's playing on the road in a nice little division game and uh and you know i, I it's just something that uh potentially could work here and, and they're cheap yeah i'm
1: uh i'm not, I'm not going with that because i think that game's going uh, significantly over that's that's one of my better bets of the week
2: and then uh, just sort of uh, ended up any any kickers that you looked at or anyone you'd be interested in fitting in this week?
1: Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't look too closely at kicker yet. Uh, you know, kind of the kind of the same similar indoors. I like Jake Elliott um, at home against the 49ers. I just think they score a lot of points. Um, I think Matt Bryant's interesting playing against the Jets. I think uh, that Atlanta moves the ball, but maybe gets stalled in the red zone a couple times. And then if I'm looking for a Sunday night hammer, I like both Chris Boswell and Matt Prater on Sunday night indoors in a night game in a game that uh, you know again should move the ball but maybe not a lot of touchdowns I think those are two interesting plays how about you
2: yeah I love Matt Prater I just hate the fact that he's 5,000 um, you know he's just the kicker that I picked up on all my season-long teams Um so, just one of my guys. Um, Blair Walsh is interesting, I think, um, in Seattle this week. And then also on the cheap, uh, and the guy that I popped into my original lineup, which is obviously still subject to change, Patrick Murray at home in a game that we think might be a close one, 4,600 for Tampa Bay.
1: That, uh, I think that, uh, that works nicely. So, anyway, thank you everybody for listening to the RotoWire NFL DFS podcast. Again, you can find us on the DFS feed. Or the RotoWire Fantasy Football podcast feed. This week we're gonna be on both of them, so hopefully uh, we'll find some uh, so, find some new people to listen to us there. Anyway, thanks for listening. If you could please rate or review the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at Scott Gensted Jenstad is J E N S T A D. Vlad is at Roto gut, RotoGut. R O T O G U T. He is super active on there, especially as we get closer to games on Sunday. So he's uh, he's good good read there for uh, some some good uh, Saturday evening feels, uh, kind of some gut plays there. But other than that, hope everybody has a good week. Uh, Vladdy, you take care.
2: Thanks. You too, Scott. Good luck, everyone.
3: mypatriotsupply.com